Well, hello, it is Tuesday, March 26, 2019, the last Tuesday of the month of March, if you can believe it. And welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box, right here at the AHL Report. I'm your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only founder of Rocket Sports Media and our editor-in-chief, Mr. Rick Stevens. Welcome. I'm very happy to be here on this uh, uh, sunny, wonderful day. It It is. It's hard to believe that this time next week, we will be in April. That's crazy. And April is playoff time. April oh. is synonymous with the playoffs, whether it's the NHL, whether it's the AHL, uh, whether it's the ECHL, it's, uh, it's playoff time. That's right. Two weeks left for uh, the NHL's regular season, three weeks left for the AHL. We are... Beyond crunch time, folks, it is, it is, it's time for it all to happen. You know, I really, I I think I should have had, instead of our, you know, I I always say that our, our intro music, our lead in music that, that you had selected for the show gets me pumped up, gets the blood flowing. Uh, This week I might've replaced it with the let's get ready to rumble. um, Oh, really? It's Uh one of those shows, is it? Huh? I have coffee this afternoon. Uh-oh. That's not Look something out. Amy usually. Amy has one cup of coffee in the morning when she gets up, and that's about it. And uh, I brewed up a pot of coffee just for this just episode. Just for the show? Because oh. oh. as if the adrenaline running and pulsing through my veins isn't enough to keep me riled up, I need some caffeine to fuel it, apparently. Um, yeah, we have a lot to unpack in today's show, Rick. It's, um, <laughs> I'll do You're my best. contentious? <laughs> well, that's a good word of the day. We'll see. <laughs> I'll do my best to remain ladylike and demure, but I'm from Philly, so I can't really promise nothing. <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of calling this like the get real episode. We're just going to get real today. We're going to get real about some some pie-in-the-sky notions. We're going to get real about some myths that are running rampant through um, the, the suburbs of Montreal uh, this past week. We're going to get real about some decisions that are being made. We're, just, we're going to have some real talk today. So I hope you're all strapped in. Pop your popcorn now. Grab a cup of coffee. It's going to be a good show. We're, uh, we're going to talk about the three games that Laval played last week. Uh, they had one at home, two on the road. Interesting sequence of, uh, of three games that we're going to quickly just review how those went down. But more importantly, we're going to talk about um, some things surrounding those games and, and the last couple of weeks, particularly uh, some goaltending decisions that are being made uh, for the Habs farm team right now, which um, at least for some of us has raised some eyebrows and question marks. Uh, So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to clarify some basic AHL rules, which for some reason seem to be, I don't know, either unknown or, or never heard of. So we're going to clarify some, some, we're going to have, we're going to go to school today and we're going to have a lesson in the AHL rules today, a little bit. Uh, And in addition to that, we are going to give you a roster update around the Laval rocket 
Then we're going to head around the AHL in segment two. Uh, of course, we've got a player of the week. We've also got a suspension to talk about. Um, the mascots are in the news this week uh, for a good reason, for a good reason. Don't worry. Um, and it's a, it's a great uh, interactive reason. So you'll want to stick around for that. Uh, some exciting news regarding next year's AHL All-Star Game. Uh, and then in our final segment, going beyond the AHL, the NCAA regional tournaments take place this weekend. Yes, the, the Sweet 16 selection has been made uh, as of Sunday, so we can tell you what the bracket looks like for the Frozen Four for this year, uh, and we will we'll reveal all of that to you um, before we wrap up with a weekly preview of, of what to expect uh, for Laval's schedule this week, Lehigh Valley Phantom's schedule this week, and the Rocket Sports Media team's schedule this week. So, phew, it's going to be a good one. Well, you know, we're going to just skip right past the, the national the national day. Oh, come on. Rec- well, it, it just the, – the, <laughs> in fact, I looked uh, through the whole week to try and – find a national day that we could recognize that would be in tune with this kind of feisty theme that we have. And um, it's kind of a lame week, <laughs> to be honest. Um, today we have National Spinach Day. Um, uh, okay. yeah, and, that, and that's balanced by National Nougat Day. It's either take your pick. Yeah, either either spinach or nougat, or maybe you need some nougat eat, with your spinach. I would eat spinach over nougat any day. Nougat is gross. Spinach you can at least uh, mix into other things. Tomorrow is National Manatee Day, which I mean, nice animal, <laughs> but it's pretty laid back, and you know, it's That's not totally. Yeah, um, we have what else has come out? National Weed Appreciation Day, and that's the kind that goes grows in the grass. Um, uh, in your <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go ahead and bet that there's going to be a lot of um, citizens that are going to purposefully or mistakenly uh, misinterpret that day. Uh, Friday we have National Lemon Chiffon Cake Day. Again, it's just what? lame. Do we need it to be that specific? And uh, Saturday is National Pencil Day, so uh, I think <laughs> I think I'm the using National one Day right now. People, yeah, they've they've taken the week off. I'm gonna it's put really a certain okay. You know what I'm gonna do today? I think I think people use Twitter polls way too often, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start like putting like really stupidly random Twitter polls out that have absolutely nothing to do with anything. And I think today my Twitter poll is going to be in honor of national pencil day, which you have just revealed to me. And it's going to be, which do you prefer a traditional pencil or a mechanical pencil? Well, traditional. See, I'm using, see, I'm split on that. You would, I know this is stupid. This is going to be the dumbest conversation ever. I have in front of me two pencils. One is a traditional pencil. Number two, Ticonderoga. And I have my trusty mechanical pencil. I use them both. So, so okay, now here's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I should drink coffee uh, on your every on show. your <laughs> on your on your just your normal run of the mill pencil. What what is the what is the hardness 
of your pencil. I don't know. A two a two H, uh, uh, F two and a half. Uh, what, what's your what's your pleasure there? I'm I'd, I'd, okay. You're, the math nerd has 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 just completely <laughs> schooled me on like it's just a pencil, dude. Like it's a number two pencil. I use a number two pencil. Okay, number There's, two. I have Ticonderoga. There's there's HB, there's there's 2H, there's F, there's there they're all and it it relates to the 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 lead. It relates to how soft or hard the lead is. Okay, well I guess I and like so they all HB. write they all write differently, right? Well, they do. And I HB is the kind picked. that they, they passed out in you had for school and and the kind of the, yeah, I like the common yeah. I like those. But more of a drafting pencil is is, is yeah. different, and you know. Yeah. Okay. I'm also <laughs> really fussy about. <laughs> what do you prefer? What do you use? Something that's going to give you a hard, harder, thick kind of line, like a. Okay. You know, a two B okay. or a. Yeah. Or not to be. <laughs> My editors. Like my editors. When we're talking hockey, with what you like as far as the flex and and the lie and the, you know the curve and it's the same thing. Says a true math guy. He's that's right. Your equipment manager for your math class must have had to be very prepared. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm also I'm really fussy about my erasers too. Like super fussy about a pencil. If if a if a pencil has a crappy eraser, I won't use it. I just won't use the pencil at all. In fact, most of my pencils have eraser caps on them. But I use a mechanic, like when I'm covering hockey, I take all of my notes in pencil when I'm covering a game, whether, whether I'm at home or if I'm in a press box, take all my notes in pencil. Um, but I use a mechanical pencil for all of my game coverage note taking because Trust me, you will not find a pencil sharpener in a press box. It's not going to happen. No. So I always have mechanical pencils with me in my go bag for hockey coverage, but I do like a traditional pencil. Wow, that we got we like do we we took a really deep dive on pencils here. See, you there was something of value in the national days. And uh, you've you've uncovered a bit of uh, one of my pet peeves. You mentioned a math guy. You mentioned Twitter polls. Twitter polls are are completely useless, and people tw- treat them like they mean things. I know. Particularly, people don't know how to uh, say, um, uh, "Okay, choose from the following." Um, Jonathan Druan is bad at hockey, or Jonathan Druan is really good, or Jonathan Druan is mostly good. Or Jonathan Duran is a god. Or Jonathan <laughs> Duran is super great at hockey. And then, no, really, have you seen those polls? Yeah. There, there isn't any kind of evenness in the, and so they come, oh, well, look at all that. The, the, you know, he's, uh, he's know. fantastic. It's silly. Well, that's it's why really I said, silly. That's... Just stop doing polls. Unless you understand uh, how to create a poll, then don't do them because they're meaningless. <laughs> it's silly. 
Well, that's why I said I'm so tired of them. I'm just going to start creating completely inane ones. And so I'll start today. I'm going to have which kind of pencil do you prefer? And that's all it should be. Two options. Now, is that a correctly correct use of a pole? Which do you use or prefer? Mechanical, traditional pencil. Two options. That's fine. As long, yes, as long as people understand what you're asking, that's fine. Which there's no guarantee. <laughs> well, well that's that's on that Twitter. remains to be seen. That remains yeah. to be seen. All right, my editor in chief is going to ban coffee before shows going forward. I think. Let's do this. Let's talk some hockey because I mean the show can only go up from here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Laval played three games last week. Um, they played at home against the Providence Bruins. And then they went on the road and they played a game in Utica and they played a game in Springfield. And um, here's the thing. They have not won or lost a game in regulation in the last five, yes, five games. Um, Their two games the week prior both went to a shootout. Those were the two games in Belleville. Friday, Saturday in Belleville, both games went to a shootout. They won one and they lost one. Last week, home against Springfield, Laval won it 3-2 in a shootout. Friday in Utica, Laval loses to Utica in the shootout. That's four games, four shootouts. Fifth game, Springfield, Saturday night, Laval wins in overtime. So there hasn't been a regulation decision on a game for Laval in, t- in more than two weeks. Um, so, okay, they got a lot of points last week. They got five out of six points. But like, and I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative. Now we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, if, if you want to know exactly how each game went down, go to AHL.report. We've got full game recaps for all three of those games. It tells you exactly all the ins and outs um, of, of what happened. And I, and I don't want to be a negative Nancy because it was, it was a, a, a good show of resilience by this by this team who doesn't stand a chance in hell of making the playoffs. We're going to get to that in a minute. What? Yeah, we're we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, don't sidetrack me. Um, for a team that's been playing below 500 for most of the season, to come out and put up those kinds of efforts, as particularly against teams like Utica and Springfield. Um, now, granted, Utica has been on a huge slide. Uh, they hadn't hadn't won a game in in like nine games or something like that. It was they've they've taken themselves right out of the playoffs. But Laval continued to show that they had no quit in them. They, th- these these guys are are fighting. I think they're playing for pride at this point. I think the 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 veterans don't want to be overly embarrassed by a, a terrible season. And I think the young guys just want to get as many wins as they can. So they, they seem to be fighting um, to get as many points as they can, but they also seem to be fighting the puck, Rick. I mean, okay. The game against Providence Wednesday night. Great. 
super. They won in the shootout. It was the shootout went, I don't know, seven, eight rounds, something like that, nine rounds. Uh, it was it was an exciting game to watch and and came out with a good with a good um, result, but holy cow, Friday night's game in Utica, oh, I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen that team play worse hockey all season. And, and Utica, you you might understand um, some of it. as you said they're in a huge slide and and um, there's a, a whole lot of talent missing from their lineup um, for various reasons um, mm-hmm. and and for a team that was once um, in a playoff position or or at least in the neighborhood um, they've they've just completely nosedived and and um, and and they're out of it. Um, but when you're facing a team like that, and um, I mean the, you know the, the word is around uh, the rocket that that, um, that oh there's still a chance there's still hope there's still when 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 you're putting that across as 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 the playoffs are still within reach, and you get three shots in 40 minutes of play. Three shots in forty yes. minutes. Not three shots. You in heard a that right. Three no. shots total in forty minutes of play. You're not seriously. You're not being serious about making the playoffs. You're just not. You're not even and let serious me take that. about. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. Let me take your point one step further. Not only just three shots in forty minutes of play. It took. Like they had two shots in the second period that I think took them. Hold on, I actually have the notes because I was I was just absolutely stunned by it. Um, it took them until there was four and a half minutes left in the second period for them to get their first shot on goal in the second period, and then they only got two shots on goal in that remaining four and a half minutes. And then in the third period, it took them, I think three quarters of the third period to register their one and only shot on goal. So it, it's, it's even worse than it, than, than it sounds. Sorry for the interruption, but I just wanted no, to. No, that's fine. Uh, and, uh, it's just, um, and, and there was some, uh, you know, they had some power plays in there as well. It's just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. The, 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 <laughs> The offense has been an issue all season long, um, but um, to 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 hold on to this hope that there there is a chance of making the playoffs and to put in an effort like that against a team that is struggling so badly, um, just it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't say that that this team is still competing. Um, I, I think the players are are probably being more honest than than those around the team in in, uh, in knowing that um, um, you know they're they're playing for other things, but but they're not necessarily playing for the postseason. Some of them, like Daniel Audette particularly, are playing for their contract next year. Um, mm-hmm. because that's something that a lot of these guys that we all have to, and maybe we'll take a look at that on next week's show. Is as the season is winding down, who who might not be back whose whose contract is up this year and Daniel Audette is making a case for himself um and obviously is very motivated to do so he had um you know he he had points this weekend yet again he was uh he was a hero um 
Wednesday against Providence, uh, particularly in the in the shootout. Um, you know, so so yes, there are other reasons. Um, but here's our first like get real moment of the day. Let's just get real. Laval is not making the playoffs. I understand we don't want fans to think that because we don't want fans to get disinterested. I understand you want to keep telling your team that so that you feel like they have something to play for. And I understand that no team wants to give up on itself. They want to fight and scratch and claw and do whatever they can. I understand, you know, listeners and and viewers on TV and whatnot. You don't want people turning the channel or not tuning in. But let's be realistic. Since January, this team was never making the playoffs. I'm not being, I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here. I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. And we have, we have said that realistically since the end of January, when they went back out on the road and went right back to losing games again, since they were outside of their home ice, that it just, there was no way that this team was going to make the playoffs and they're not going to now they have their magic. Okay. The AHL uses this system that they have a magic number and your magic number is, is the number of points needed by a team to clench a playoff berth. And that number is reduced either when you earn points through wins or reaching overtime or when the team with the highest possible total who's outside the playoff picture loses. It's convoluted. I know Laval's magic number right now is 25. That means they need to make up 25 points either through wins or other people's losses. It's not going to happen. You know what else? They have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the division. Um, actually, they're tied for having the second hardest remaining schedule in the North Division. You wonder who they're playing for the rest of the year? They're lucky that they get to play Binghamton twice because Binghamton is, has dug itself a gigantic hole and it's not crawling out. So, sure, they get to play Binghamton twice. Outside of that, they're playing Rochester. They're playing Toronto. They're playing Hershey. They're playing Syracuse. And they're playing Cleveland twice. Cleveland being the team that's certain, currently sitting in that last playoff position at, at fourth overall in the division. So you tell me that they're going to make the playoffs. It's teams like, um, you know, the Syracuse and, and Rochester still have something to play with. They're still uh, locked in a battle for first overall in, in the North. As you said, Cleveland is uh, is battling uh, with Belleville for that last playoff spot. Uh, those those two teams have things to play for. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's going to be tough. And and it's not again, as we've said a thousand times, it's not just the number of points that they have to make up. It's the teams that they have to crawl over. Uh, to get yeah. there and um, it's it's um, you know I understand why why um, you know it's it the message goes out uh, from the team um, you know they want they want um, people to still come out to the home games I understand why 
Uh, there's a fair bit of uh, cheerleading that goes on with respect to broadcasters. Uh, they want people to listen to the broadcast, but um, realistically, um, uh, you, you, you shouldn't pin your hopes or, or make your plans even for, for April that there's going to be uh, playoff action in, um, in Laval uh, at this point. No. And that's not, to, you know, we're not, nobody's, nobody's dancing on that grave. Nobody's happy about that. Um, particularly since we were told that after last year's horribly abysmal season, that the Laval rocket would not repeat a performance like that. And that with a complete exodus of, of coaching and, and player personnel and, and a totally rejuvenated team and, and coaching staff that we would see different results. So I'm not seeing drastically different results. That's a conversation that we're going to, again, we're going to have in an upcoming episode as we take a look back at, at the progression of this team over this season. Um, but it does mean that realistically it's time to start focusing on other, other methods of evaluation and other reasons for evaluation and, and taking a look at, you know, who's contributing, who's not, um, what needs to improve? What went wrong? Those are all questions that, that everyone should be asking. And if they get some wins along the way, particularly like the ones that they got this past week, um, that's great. It, you know, that's, that, that's, those are things to build on. And if they could win every game for the rest of the season, I'd, I'd be the first to be cheering for them. Um, just trying to keep realism in play here. Um, so the one thing that Rick, that we did want to talk about in, in reference to last week, the first thing I, and, and I know, I know. So uh, allow all the hate to rain down upon me on Twitter because Anytime I make an opinion about anything, I just get, you know, oh, you're so stupid, hate spewed at me. Connor Lacouve has, uh, okay, let me let me put it this way: Does Connor Lacouve have a have a great story to tell with Laval and his performance there this season? Sure. You know, he comes in. He had a horrible showing uh, on his very short PTO stint with Utica. Uh, comes in, gets a PTO with Laval, and through a little bit of luck, through a little bit of hard work, through a little bit of solid defense, maybe stepping up their game in front of him, he's put up good numbers. Are those numbers worthy enough to be, uh, I don't know, starting two out of three games during the week when you're goaltending prospect for the Canadians organization should now be your starting goaltender. Now that Charlie Lindgren is called up. My answer to that would be absolutely not Rick. Um, and I was quite shocked to see Connor Lacouve get the nod to start that game at home last Wednesday. Sure. They won in a shootout, but he then got the start again Friday night in Utica and fortunately for Michael McNiven, they pulled out a win in overtime on Saturday night. Um, I, it just, I, I am, I'm completely baffled by this decision-making. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. He's, uh, Connor Lacoube, as you said, it's, it's, uh, it's a good story, um, for journalists to write about, I guess. Um, he, he had kind of a, uh, an unremarkable college career, 
um, and since his his move to um, uh, the pro ranks in 32 games, he has it's it's been a decidedly mediocre kind of kind of uh, run. Um, he's had 12 AHL games and, and 20 ECHL games. Um, right now, he's on a nice little stretch, and um, yeah. And that's that's great for him, um, mm-hmm. but uh, watching him technically, um, you you wonder how sustainable it is uh, because he's mm-hmm. he's not he's not a good technical goaltender. He's not a good pos- positioning goaltender, um, and um, and you know so so enjoy enjoy what you have um, while you have it. Uh, but focus on the, the, the players that uh, are going to be your prospects. And we've talked about this before, um, that, that it seems that many of the decisions have been made, have been at the expense of the prospects. And, and, and right now with, with Lindgren, uh, deserve, deservedly so, getting the call up and, and being with Montreal and, and, um, and acting, um, you know, in the praise uh, they're primarily to help out in practices. So to give uh, Carrie Price some time off, um, you'd think that Michael McNiven would be making most of the starts. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the goaltending situation, you know, uh, to be kind, it, it just, um, it, it's, it hasn't been handled very well this season at all. And perhaps that's, that's uh, you know, a coach with zero pro uh, experience getting used to, what it's like coaching in the AHL. And, and, you know, he's botched that. Let's be frank. He's botched it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it seems here, uh, you know, he's going with his gut and, and there's the good news story and, and maybe there's the entertainment value that, that the Canadians are are keying in on this season. Uh, And so you're seeing black, black getting more starts than he probably should have. Um, is is Connor Lacoube a better goaltender than Michael McNiven? Well, I haven't. Oh, I no, I, I, no, of course not. Um, you know, there was an article that Connor Lacoube is better than Lindgren, and Connor Lacoube is going to be um, uh, the backup for Carey Price. This is this is just nonsense. This is it's ridiculous. Utter, utter nonsense. Um, so, uh, but okay, so it's uh, clickbait stuff on, on the internet. Yeah. Um, but good. For, he seems like a good guy. He seems like he he's does. enjoying Absolutely. himself, and and so fine. But this this organization needs to prioritize its prospects first, and you just have to sit back and think. You know, what in the world is is Michael McNiven thinking? Um, I, I, I can't imagine. Um, and, no. and, and not, not that there's really much difference between Etienne Marcoux and, and Lacouve, but what was the point really in, in signing two emergency backup goaltenders in both uh, Marcoux and, and Lacouve? Uh, take one, pick one, uh, pick anyone. I don't really care. Uh, but why, yeah. why, why sign both? Um, doesn't you know? It wasn't a smart decision. It wasn't, and 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 at this point of the season, particularly 
you know, I, I, I saw somebody say something on Twitter that, that Bouchard was, was going with Lacouvé one of the nights last week because he felt that he had a better potential to win the game with oh, <laughs> that That just goes back to what we just got done talking about, about, you know, the, the, perpetuating this, this, oh, we still have a chance to make the playoffs, that, yeah, of course you want to win. But as you say, Rick, do you do that at the expense of your prospects? Don't you think with Charlie Lindgren up with the Canadians, now's the time to, make, you know, if, if things go according to plan and Charlie Lindgren is prices back up the next season, that means McNiven gets the net next season in Laval. Don't you think you want to start getting him used to and accustomed to, I don't know, playing the major kind of ice time and minutes that Charlie Lindgren was playing early, at the beginning of this year, uh, playing in back-to-back situations, things of that. Those isn't that part of goaltender development? Um, and, I just, and add to that, add to that, just the confidence aspect. Putting well, yeah. our trust in this in this guy. Okay, uh, you know. Uh, um, you're our, our guy go out and, and, uh, and give it your best as we, we end the season. And so uh, McNiven goes into the, into the off season thinking, you know, yeah, overall the team, well, we had a bad season, but the, the organization has trust in me when, when uh, they had the opportunity, they gave me the net and, uh, and, and I look forward to working hard all summer and, and going back to camp in, in the best shape possible. And, and, uh, and hopefully I'll be the, you know, the number one next season. And, you know, all of that positive kind of uh, feeling stuff sure. that, that the head coach is talking about so often, um, I, you know, I, you don't want to leave any question marks in the head of um, your, your young prospects, particularly goaltenders who are, you know, spend a whole lot of time in their own head. Absolutely. Well, and that to take that even further, Rick, you know, even game to game, um, you know, for those who are criticizing the stats of, of Lindgren and, and, and now McNiven over, over Connor Lacouvé, well, do you think that maybe <laughs> putting your, your new AHL contracted goaltender in net more times than your prospect, do you think that maybe that then puts some undue pressure on the prospect when they finally get a start and that maybe then they're overthinking. And so then maybe they, you know, we've taught like, I feel like that's the narrative we've talked about with countless players and countless prospects that, that we've discussed and mentioned in the past who have been put in those similar situations. It's just, you know, the, the Sherbacks and the Della Roses and the, and, and those kind where it's just like this vicious cycle that, then they have pressure on themselves. Then they think too much or they try to do too much and then mistakes are made and then they get punished for that. And that it's just, I, I just don't, be one I, thing I if, don't like it. If, uh, yes, you can read the stats and, and, um, and be impressed by lack of but it, watch the games. Um, uh-huh. And, and he was uh, this past week, very fortunate. He looked very, very shaky uh, in Utica, very mm-hmm. shaky and, and kind of got out of that, um, with, a you know, um, kind of escaped that and, um, and was, was for So, uh, don't, don't be, don't be fooled uh, again, a dose of realism. Um, there's, there's, there's more to it than just, uh, reading the box score, uh, and, and making and using that to evaluate players. 
And I just want to make one last point about that Utica game. Uh, yes. Um, some, some were heralding Connor Lacouvet's performance that night, despite the fact that it was a, a loss in the shootout uh, because he made 35 saves that night. Um, again, this w- this was the game, as Rick mentioned, the Laval had three shots in 40 minutes of play. Out, in regulation, they had 12 shots in the entire game in regulation. Uh, Utica, however, had 33 33 shots, I think, in regulation. So uh, many were heralding Connor LaCouvée as a big hero of the game that kept them in it and things like that. I'm just going to quickly disagree with that. He may have helped them get to overtime. However, the only reason they got to overtime was because they scored a goal within the first four minutes of the game. You know who scored that goal? I bet if I took a poll on Twitter right now, since we're talking about Twitter polls, I bet you most people, I bet you if I listed four players and I said, who was the hero of Saturday night's game in Utica who put up the only goal for Laval in the first three and a half minutes? I'll give a hint that won't help at all. Uh, The hint is he's got an incredible shot that nobody seems to know or talk about. That's right. And if I listed four players, I bet you, unless someone had watched the game, I bet you no one would pick the person who I think was the hero of Saturday night's game, and that's Brett Lernout. Brett Lernout with his third goal of the season, who everyone likes to crap all over. And yes, Rick is absolutely right, has an incredible shot. Just gorgeous, just blasted a shot from the point that sailed right past Michael Layton. And he's the only reason that they were able to, that Connor LaCouvet was able to maintain that score and get them to overtime. So you want to thank somebody for the point they got on Saturday night, Brett Lernout, because he's the only one that managed to get the puck past Michael Layton that night. I feel like I have like six soapboxes lined up in this room today. (laughs) And as I get off of (laughs) you, it's like, as I get off each soapbox, there's a new one that's right in front of me. Um, quick roster update, just a very quick one. Uh, Noah Juleson is skating with the team now, uh, with a no contact Jersey. That's good news. Uh, allegedly he is going to start traveling with the team, um, on the road for the rest of the season with the hopes that perhaps he could see a game or two before the end of the season. Uh, Joel Bouchard apparently wanting to keep his motivation up. So gives him something to work for, um, because you know, it's, yeah, it's it's early though, and and uh, Jilson yeah. has been on the ice for a while on his own. Uh, this morning right. was only his second practice with the team, and as you said, he had a no contact jersey, and he didn't take part in any of the uh, puck battle type of drills um, at all. We we know Noah Jilson was uh, way back in November, n- November nineteenth. Um, he was struck in the face twice with. Uh, with a puck against the Capitals, um, fractured uh, some bones in his face, missed some games, came back way too soon, um, yep. and uh, and then has been got sent to Laval. Out since. <laughs> yeah, and got sent down to Laval. He he he. Uh, uh, last game there was was just after Christmas, twenty seventh of December, and and yeah. we haven't uh, seen him on ice since. And uh, and some you know it it some serious issues there. 
uh, he had some vision issues and, um, and so uh, let's, let's hope that um, they don't rush him back again uh, too early and that uh, he takes his time and is uh, completely recovered uh, before he's back on the ice. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, here's a familiar name for everyone. You remember Thomas Ebbing from last year? Well, he's back. Signed to a PTO by the Laval Rocket today. So, um, I like Thomas Ebbing. Uh, just, uh, I like uh, Thomas uh, Ebbing. Just uh, no-nonsense, basic, hardworking, um, fourth-line kind of player. Play the penalty kill for you. Um, yeah, just a, a, a no-nonsense hockey player kind of guy. For sure. One last order of business before we head off to our first uh, break and, and before we head to segment two, Rick, we're going to we're going to have a little class is in session. If you have your pencils, your number two pencils, please make sure they're sharpened. Because I would like to just put an end right now to this myth that is running rampant in Laval. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where this myth started. I don't care to know where it started, but it's going to end. And it's going to end very quickly before more people sound silly repeating it. So the ECHL made an announcement yesterday that starting next season, um, they will be utilizing video replay in all 27 of its building, uh, in all 27 of its buildings uh, for goal review for next year. And Rick, in a moment, I'm going to let you explain kind of what that means, because most people, when they hear video replay, they think of all the fancy dancy things that the NHL does, and it's not the case at, at the lower levels. So I'll let you, I'll let right. you kind of, right, I'll let you explain that in a minute. Um, so in response to this news, the ECHL is, is, is implementing this next year. <laughs> Off of a couple of weeks ago, there were two particular games that the Rocket played in which um, goals were either um, a, a goal against was allowed when it looked like there may have been goaltender interference against Michael McNiven. And then in a, in a subsequent game, uh, a goal was overturned of David Sklenichka's um, for goaltender interference that didn't look like it should have been goaltender interference. So there's been all this talk about, oh, well, there should have been video replay, and oh, there's no video replay. And and the response yesterday to the ECHL coming out and saying, hey, we're instituting video replay next year, has been, wow, it'd be really nice if the AHL had video replay. And my head is going, my head is going to explode. It's does everyone know that the AHL, first of all, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Okay. Let's just let, I'm going to speak slowly for everyone in the back. The AHL has had video replay for years. Oh, and also the AHL does allow for a coach's challenge. That's been around for years as well. In fact, the AHL rulebook is available for anyone to look at on the AHL's website. And if you go to rule 79, rule 79 is video review. Oh, oh shocker. However, video review only happens. <laughs> video review can happen and coaches challenges can happen. However, goaltender interference interference is not reviewable 
at the AHL level. And again, when I let Rick explain the equipment and the ins and outs, you'll understand better why. But video replay is not available on goaltender interference calls. Thus, there also cannot be a coach's challenge on goals allowed or disallowed because of goaltender interference because they can't replay it. So I'm just going to dispel that myth right now. Stop saying that the AHL doesn't have video review because they do. And they have coaches challenges. They do. Period. (laughs) If you don't understand it, look it up in the rule book. Rule 79. It's on page 165. Now, before I explode, please, please go ahead and take over the technical explanation so that. Yeah, I I think this was was kind of pushed along. This this silly notion was kind of pushed along. And again, this is Joel Bouchard's first year in the league. So he's still getting familiar with the rules, I suppose. Uh, he seemed, didn't seem to know in a post game, uh, he didn't seem to know about uh, the ins and outs of, of the AHL's video review system. Michael McNibbin uh, wasn't aware of it. And they made some comments that kind of pushed this along. Some broadcasters made some comments that pushed this along. This notion that there, there is no video review system and that the ECHL is bringing in one and why doesn't the AHL have it? It's just silly. Um, so uh, the ECHL is, is uh, did a system in four arenas this season, in Boise and Kalamazoo, in Toledo and uh, uh, Worcester. Um, and, and it's the same system. It's, 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 it's the same system that the AHL has had for seven years, since the 2012-2013 um, season. And we're not talking the NHL with multiple camera angles. All it is, their video review system is, is, is rather basic. It's a, um, a, a camera mounted over the goal in the rafters, pointing directly down at the, the goal line um, and, and hooked to a, you know, a replay machine where the, where the officials can go over to the penalty bench and look to see and 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 here's what they're restricted to: Did the puck cross the line or not? Um, did it? Did the puck cross the line before the net was dislodged? Um, was there a, a, a distinct kicking motion in uh, you know uh, when the puck was propelled in the net? Uh, was it was it directed by a glove? Was it batted in by a by by a glove? Uh, did the did the uh, puck? go through the net did it go through the mesh uh did it it somehow slip underneath uh the frame of the goal those are the the kinds of things that uh are reviewable uh and each coach has a challenge if they still have their timeout they have a challenge uh that they may use during the game the echl's um system which will be fully implemented next year is 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 similar and and similarly basic um does the uh, AHL's uh video review system and coaches challenge system cover goaltender interference no of course not to determine goaltender interference and we've seen it during NHL games uh all season long you need multiple camera angles uh to take a look at that um, and even even after that, sometimes it's not clear. And we've said many times in the in the NHL, gee, we haven't a clue what what 
constitutes goaltender interference anymore because the the calls seem to be inconsistent and that you know that inconsistency would be even worse in the the AHL if they're working off one um, you know rafter mounted camera. Uh, it, it's just impossible for them to to make that kind of judgment. They have to make that judgment on the ice uh, between the officials who are 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 are, are present. Uh, the cameras are not going to help them in that regard. So no, there's no, um, uh, there is a video review system, but no, it doesn't apply at this point because of the technology. It doesn't apply to goaltender interference calls. It's that simple. As you said, rule 79, the AHL, um, it's available for coaches. It's available for players. It's available for broadcasters. It's avail- available for fans. Look it up. It's, it's uh, been around for, for a lot of years and uh, it's just not fair to be taking pot shots at the AHL um, and comparing them unfairly to the ECHL for, for something they've had in place for quite some time. And is it unfortunate that goals either get scored or, or get called back because of blatant goaltender interference either way that, 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 can't then be reviewed and can't be challenged. Of course it's unfortunate. That's the game, folks. That is the game at this level. And if you want to change that, then the tech, the video technology in every arena around the AHL has to be upgraded, has to be funded. I mean, you're talking a major system overhaul, not just a change in a rule. Um, so, no, it's not. Sure, it's unfair. Sure, it's frustrating. But it's not that, oh, we just, the video replay just simply isn't allowed in the AHL. And I, how are we possible? What is this, 1953? Like, no, no. And if you watch the AHL TV, you know that there's inconsistency already in the, in the coverage, in the quality of the coverage, in the, the resolution of, of the broadcast, in the lighting in the right. building. Uh, we're dealing with the, a lot of very old buildings, um, and and there just isn't there just isn't the the revenue, uh, unless you know uh, the NHL wants to to foot the bill for this stuff, uh, for the AHL to to make these kinds of massive changes. And and I certainly if if there are are fans out there who heard this, saw this, retweeted, whatever. I, I don't fault you for that because you're fans. You're, you're supposed to trust the, the people who are supposed to know these things like coaches and, and staff members and journalists and all of those kinds of things. My, what, what made my head want to explode is that prof- people working professionally in the hockey world should have enough sense to just go look at the rule book. I mean, it's, it's, do your homework. Use that number two pencil and go do your homework. <laughs> so we've set the record straight. There it is. If you have questions, tweet at us. You can find Rick at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule on Twitter. Of course, you can tweet us at the AHL Report as well. I know we laid out a lot. Did you say what was the word of the day today, Rick? Contentious? Is that, is that the one you used? I, I believe I did. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll let. Contentious and feisty. <laughs> 
contentious and feisty. I think that sums up that first uh, segment pretty well. If you've got any feedback on anything we had to say in that segment, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Whether you agree or disagree, we're happy to have a friendly debate with anyone who'd like to engage in that kind of conversation. Um, For right now, though, I'm going to, I don't know, do I have enough time to refill my coffee? Maybe. Um, We'll find out on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with segment two where we go around the AHL right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. It's that time. It's the time of the show where we talk about the CCM AHL Player of the Week. And Rick? It Mm -hmm. is not someone that the Laval Rocket has faced in the last week. (laughs) The crowd goes wild. Uh, Mm. It's actually a goaltender from the Western Conference. Chicago Wolves goaltender Oscar Dansk is the CCM AHL Player of the Week. He had three starts on the road last week and only allowed two goals on 84 shots in those three starts. Went 2-0-1 2-0-1 with a 0.65 goals against average and a 976 save percentage. Now, damn, some stats. Nice. I think that's a good week for Mr. Dansk. Remember Oscar Dansk state- from, from, um, from the Lake Placid playing for Team Sweden. And um, I would get constant messages, and I'm I'm sorry I don't remember if it was his mother or his aunt. Um, How's Oscar doing? How's how's he doing in the tournament? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like every few minutes as you found me on Twitter somehow, and and it was, how's he doing? How's he doing? Sorry, I'm doing that (laughs) accent. It's Swedish accent. It's a terrible one. But uh, (laughs) it was great. It was great. So... Uh, to his aunt, to his mom, to all of his fans, he had a great week. He did. Absolutely. But I'm sure they know um, <laughs> I bet they do know <laughs> that. I bet they do. Um, Chicago Wolves uh, doing well, of course. You know, uh, Danny Carr got dethroned today out of the top scoring position in the AHL. Somebody overtook him by one point. Uh, and that would be Jeremy Bracco from the Toronto Marlies. Bracco. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still tight, though. Carr is only one point back. God, could have used that kind of scoring probably somewhere in the general North Division yeah, area. Yeah, but how do, you get a, how do you get a player like 
Dan Carr. How do you get a player like that? It's impossible. I don't know. You requalify him when his contract ends, <laughs> when he goes RFA. Maybe you do that. Mm. I'm not bitter. Suspensions, though. Uh, Belleville Senators forward, good old Darren Archibald. Surprise, surprise. Suspended for two games for a cross-checking incident uh, for a game they played against Providence. So uh, he will miss Belleville's Wednesday game versus Syracuse and Saturday's game against Hartford. Uh, Belleville still trying to scratch back into that fourth playoff position, which Cleveland has knocked them out of. So uh, having Archibald out for two games is actually a big loss for Belleville. Um, Not so much for their opponents who won't have to fight him. Um, And Colorado Eagles defenseman Sergei Boykoff suspended for one game as a consequence of his actions in a game versus Manitoba. Uh, He had his, second game misconduct in the physical fouls category for the season. So he gets an automatic one game suspension. Speaking of suspensions. Yeah. Speaking of suspensions, there's, uh, yeah. and, and, and many may have forgotten completely about this story. Um, but the, the NHL had uh, suspended uh, Austin Watson uh, Nashville Predators, uh, uh, Austin Watson, who pleaded last summer, pleaded to no contest in, in a domestic assault uh, charge. Um, so he was suspended. He went into a substance abuse uh, program and quietly, very quietly this week, he was reinstated. Uh, and he has been sent to Milwaukee on a long term injury loan. Um, and really, um, yeah, has uh, has returned yeah. to the game of hockey. That's interesting. kind of quietly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's everybody on that? Oh, you don't need them because us folks here at the AHL report have you covered. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide in that shameless self-promotion right there. Um. But good, good luck to him if he's putting his yeah. life back together. And I guess, I hope so. uh, and and uh, if his uh, substance abuse program has worked for him, um, that's great. I it's always our wish. Um, you know, it's not a it's not an easy decision for these guys, uh, and sometimes it's not a decision that they've made to enter those kinds of programs. But we always hope that there's good results on the other side of it for them. This episode's been a bit, uh, been madness, a little bit of madness, and we've got more madness. In fact, it's the 2019 AHL mascot madness time. Yes, that's right. It's that time of year when those favorite furries uh, from teams all across the league get to compete to be the league's top mascot for the year. So, Remember, this is something that you, as a fan, get to vote in. Um, you go to the AHL.com slash Mascot Madness. And every couple of days, the mascots are broken into, into five-person groups. So uh, Group A was Devil Dog from Binghamton, Griff from Grand Rapids, Sonar from Hartford, 
Melvin from Lehigh Valley and Tux from Wilkes-Barre. That group uh, went up against each other March 20 uh, over the weekend, the 21st to 23rd. Melvin was the winner there. Uh, group B, which just ended yesterday, uh, was had, and that's the group that Cosmo from Laval was in. Uh, he unfortunately did not win. It was Ringo from the Texas Stars who beat out Crunchman from Syracuse, uh, the Moose from Rochester, Cosmo from Laval, and Colonel Claude from Bakersfield. So right now, uh, Group D is is happening right now. That is the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th. So right now you get to vote on Storm from Bridgeport, Coco from Hershey, our buddy Kingston from Ontario, Hammy from Rockford, and Dusty from Tucson. Now this will go on. Uh, there will then be Group D, Group E, and Group F uh, before they get through all of the mascots. So make sure you vote every couple of days for the, each group. Um, and then when all of that is done... The winner from each of those groups will compete in the six mascot final from April three, April 3rd to 5th, where you get to vote for your favorite overall mascot out of those six finalists. Um, and with Melvin currently in the race, we want to see Melvin. Melvin was close last year. Melvin's got to win it this year. Who won um, it last I'm year? Putting... Do we know? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. Is Chubby in there somewhere? Uh, Chubby Chubby is in Group D. So uh, starting tomorrow, you can vote for Chubby starting tomorrow. Um, Let me see. We're doing doing research on the fly here. Um, I I will come back with an answer for this next week when we update. Cosmo's good. Chubby's good. Kingston's good. Melvin's good. Yeah. Um, we like Audie from Utica. He's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, dear like God. Him. Oh, dear God. I have to. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. If any of you are fans of the Belleville Senators, please forgive me in advance for what I'm about to say. But holy cow, Belleville just revealed their brand new franchise mascot last week while LaBelle was there. <gasps> His name is Belly. Like belly, b e l l y, really? like your like your stomach, like oh, your tummy, geez. like okay. belly, but you know it's for Belleville, so Belleville. Yeah. He looks like, and I'm so so. I'm please forgive me, but oh my god, like Google him, please Google him, so that you understand what what I am, what I'm saying. He looks like a, a giant Elmo. With a, with a blue, with this weird blue nose, and he's got hockey sticks for ears and pucks for eyes. <laughs> like oh. floppy hockey sticks for ears that he lifts. Uh, oh, my God. I saw, I, when I watched him come out and get introduced, I just groaned inward. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. A non-hockey oh, person was trying to be a little creative, I guess, in the oh, mascot man. design. Hey, well, okay, let me ask you this. You At first, right off the hop, you didn't like Gritty. So is this a situation where, where and now you like Gritty, uh, so is this a situation where, you know, you're, you're, you're out to criticize Belly, but, but he's going to grow on you and, and you're going to be, you're going to be, you know, one of those, you're buying all the belly merchandise. 
I think if belly grew on you, I think you'd want to go to the doctor and ask what you do to treat it. <laughs> I see. Uh, no, yeah, that no. Mm-mm. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the kids in Belleville like him. He's very, like I said, he looks like a giant Elmo. Um, and so that might have that working for him with the kids. Um, Who? I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. Going to wait and see. <laughs> uh, but yes, so make sure you go to the AHL.com slash mascot madness. Put in your votes. Again, each group goes like every three days. So you want to be checking back often. Uh, and then be sure you're voting April 3rd to 5th for your overall winner this year. And uh, so far, Melvin will be in that in that race. So good luck to Melvin. Um, and I will do some research before next week's show to, to remember who the 2018 winner was. I know Melvin was a finalist, but he didn't win it. Um, speaking of fun things to be looking forward to, uh, it had been announced earlier this year that next year's, the 2020 AHL All-Star Game is heading west, finally. Uh, it's going to be hosted by our buddy Kingston Rain of the entire, and the Ontario Rain out in California. Um, and, uh, and they have announced uh, with the American Hockey League that tickets, are already going on sale. They're going on sale to the public on Wednesday, April 3rd. Um, probably because I would imagine with a lot of the fans for the all-star games uh, being on the East coast, people are going to need to make plans to get to the all-star game this year. If they're, if they're going to head out West. So tickets go on sale already April 3rd, 10 AM for the 2020 AHL all-star classic. It's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And let's see, that'll be Sunday, January 26th, and Monday, January 27th. Uh, tickets for the two-day event start as low as $35. It's pretty reasonable, particularly if you have to fly there. Um, but hey, California in January. It's not bad. Not bad at all. What's Chew on that just a little bit. We're going to take one more short break, and when we come back, we're going to go um, outside the AHL, beyond the AHL. We're going to give you a quick look at this weekend's uh, regional tournaments for the NCAA uh, championship and give you a preview of the week ahead. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Can you believe we are at the Frozen Four already? Well, almost. It happens in about another week. So the 16, the selection of 16 happened uh, this past Sunday. Um, Frozen Four will be taking place in Buffalo, New York this year. Um, and as always, it's very exciting. So the regional tournaments will take place this weekend in four different locations. Uh, there will be four teams at each location who will each play a game 
uh, in two games on Saturday. Uh, and then uh, there will be a final game between the two winners on Sunday. And then that then whittles down to the semifinals, which will take place at the Frozen Four leading to the championship. So, uh, Rick just wanted to give folks a quick little preview here of, of how that all um, shook out. Uh, first overall seed, St. Cloud State, will be playing American International, and Ohio State will be playing Denver. You remember uh, Denver uh, was very strong, very strong last year. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're in it against Ohio State this year. Um, MSU Mankato will be playing Providence, and Cornell will play will be playing. Northeastern. And then let's see. The tournament that we are going to cover, the which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, will be the Midwest Regional. And who do we have who do we have playing at the Midwest Regional? Minnesota Duluth playing Bowling Green. And Quinnipiac versus Arizona State. And then finally Massachusetts will be playing Harvard and Notre Dame will be playing Clarkson. So that's your your 16, um, and uh, Rick, it's going to be um, it, it's I, there's some really good teams in there. Um, interesting that uh, Boston College, Boston University is not in there. Union's not in there. Um, some some very popular and very good teams are 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 missing the playoffs this year. And we've seen an exodus of um, Bob McKenzie was talking about that, the exodus from uh, some of those programs and, and uh, those college players signing um, or at least, or even uh, some committing to foregoing their, their uh, final year uh, at college and, and joining the teams that drafted them uh, for the Canadians, as far as their draft picks, um, if you're in the Fargo area, um, you'll be able to see uh, Ryan Paling. Perhaps Ryan Paling suffered uh, a bit of an injury. He's supposed to be re- reevaluated on that. Uh, he'll be, uh, if he plays, uh, representing St. Cloud. They're the, the number one overall ranked team in the tournament. And, and certainly uh, uh, Charlie Lindgren will be keeping an eye on, uh, on that action. Um, University of Denver, who you mentioned, Brett Stapley, a, a center, a pick uh, from the Canadians, uh, will also be uh, in Fargo. Um, in Providence, um, Northeastern will be playing there, and there's two Canadian uh, prospects, Jordan Harris and uh, uh, goaltending prospect uh, Caden Primo. Excellent. We like that. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms, um, they'll also have have some guys to keep an eye on, um, particularly the Midwest Regional, Noah Cates, who plays for the University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, he'll, be, he'll be one to watch out for. Jay O'Brien playing for Providence. Uh, so he's, he's one to watch uh, as well. Um, and outside of that, uh, Tanner Lazinski also playing for Ohio State. Uh, so there are there are a few um, for the Flyers to keep a look at, at their prospects as well. And Rick, uh, the AHL report team will once again this year be covering mid, the Midwest Regional. So uh, you Flyers fans, we will have uh, on-site coverage of Noah Cates um, as he takes on um, as he takes on Bowling Green on Saturday. And if 
Minnesota Duluth can defeat Bowling Green on Saturday, then they will play the winner of either Arizona State or Quinnipiac on Sunday to advance to the semifinals in the Frozen Four. Pretty exciting stuff. So be sure you're locked on be the AHL report. Be a busy week in hockey. Absolutely. <laughs> it will. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Our weekly preview. Um, Laval's busy. They've got three uh, three games this week. They're home against Binghamton tomorrow night. And our own Chris G, of course, will be on site uh, to capture post-game audio uh, with the coach and some of the players after the game. Uh, and I'll have uh, live game updates at the AHL report as well as the recap. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, Laval goes on the road. Uh, they're playing in Rochester on Friday night. That should be a very fun game. Um and Toronto, the game in Toronto on Saturday should also be, you know, those are those are never dull games to watch. Uh, so Laval's busy. Uh, we'll have complete AHL report coverage of those games um, all weekend long, Rick. And then the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, I believe, also have three games this week. Um, do, do, do they do? Uh, they are playing Rochester at PPL Center Wednesday night. Then they go on the road and they play in Cleveland back-to-back games Friday and Saturday. So busy weekend for Laval, uh, Laval and Lehigh Valley. Um, and then, of course, as as we said, the AHL report team will be in Allentown covering uh, the Midwest Regional for the NCAA tournament. Phew. It's a, it's a great time for hockey. It's a great time for hockey. Um, it's also always a great time to get in touch with us. Um, and, you know, we, we, as we said after our first segment, you know, we love to hear from you. So don't be afraid to reach out on social media, ask questions, make comments. Um, you know, we're, we're here for those kinds of things. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter and follow along uh, for all of the live game updates and so forth at the AHL report on Twitter. Uh, to reach Rick specifically, you can go to at AllHabs, and you can find me at Flyers Rule. Um, always, of course, go to AHL.Report, which is our main website for the AHL Report, where you'll find game recaps, post-game audio, videos from exclusive interviews. Um, uh, Chris G. has a new uh, article of his uh, bi-weekly take five uh, out this week. So you'll want to catch that as well. Um, lots and lots and lots of good stuff to see over there at the AHL report. And Rick, they can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, right? For sure. Um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, just look for AHL report. Um, and uh, your, your first stop should always be uh, AHL.report for uh, the podcast as well, this podcast from the press box. Uh-huh. But uh, if you want to uh, find us, you're on the move, you want to find us mobily, just check out your uh, favorite podcast app. Um, search for Rocket Sports Radio, and that will uh, give you from the press box. As a bonus, you'll also get uh, three more podcasts, Canadians Connection, Have a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered. Uh, that uh, um, are are produced by the Rocket Sports team as well. I love it. There's like all sorts of options. I mean, you just, we've always got new content for you, whether it's something to read, something to watch, or something to listen to. Um, And we're happy to keep bringing it to you. So 
We are going to pack it in for today. We're going to get busy on our hockey coverage for this week, but don't go anywhere. You want to come right back here again next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box. Rick, thanks so much. Uh, this was, you know, maybe maybe a little contentious and feisty, but this was a pretty fun show today. Great show. Uh, coffee did the trick. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we'll try it again next Tuesday right back here. Absolutely. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Enjoy hockey. We'll see you next Tuesday right here at From the Press Box. See you then. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on wishing.